This is Steeler Country, episode 153, our free agency 2015 podcast, recorded March 15th, 2015. All right, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony, alongside my two co-hosts, Mike and Joe. Mike, how's the offseason treating you? It's going well. You know, kind of missed football, but uh, there's enough off-season talk to uh, to hear about football. Obviously, you get to watch the other sports and catch up on movies, but uh, it's going well. Joe, how about you? How, how's uh, how's a lack of football treating you? Oh, it just gives me time to catch up on. Um, let's see, what did I do? I, I caught up on uh, Boardwalk Empire. I finished the last season of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished up. Um, or no, I started House of Cards, but I haven't finished it. And today, just today, because coming up uh, two weeks from today, yes, I have yes. to get caught up on Game of Thrones. So I watched season four, episode one earlier today. And then, you know, I smatter in some golf. I don't really pay much attention to it, but it's on. So I watch it. You know, it's all right. This is the time of, of catching up on TV, uh, finding other sports. I've actually gotten very much into uh, the Premier League and soccer and, and watching that. I actually watched it. I woke up – I have to you have to wake up so early to watch these things because they're on in, in uh, the UK. So they're five hours ahead of us on the East Coast. So, you know, the game started at 8 a.m. Today was noon, so it wasn't so bad. Um, but, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's get back into Steeler football. I know the Steelers. This is this is uh, free agency time, and this is not normally known for uh, the Steelers making that big splash. And once again, this year, really, we didn't make any major moves. If you look at last year, actually, last year we made some of the biggest moves we'd made in a while. Really, looking at signing uh, Mike Mitchell and uh, Cam Thomas and uh, the wide receiver that didn't play. Help me out with his name. The Saints guy. Lance Moore. Lance Moore, right. Lance Moore, who who's uh, just got cut. So, I mean, that was the kind of the big free agency splash that we made last year. And I think if you look back, you know, you, you can't really grade that too highly, right? I mean, no, no one in Pittsburgh is saying that Mike Mitchell is a huge success story. In fact, I think some of us on this podcast, myself included, would say the opposite. You know, Cam Thomas is kind of a borderline guy right now. Maybe he makes a team next year. Maybe he doesn't. And Lance Moore already asked for his release because we had so many – Guys, uh, you know, emerge at wide receiver past him. Um, so this is just not a time when you see the Steelers make big moves. And once again, you know, free agency uh, <coughs> week one has come and gone. And what did the Steelers do this week, guys? Pretty much nothing. Uh, the the you know, you see the Demarco Murrays of the world, the Darrell Revises of the world going switching teams. Mike Wallace gets traded. All these guys switching teams. Jimmy Graham switching teams. But the Steelers are not involved in any of that, right? We kind of sit back. We do like the. Um, the low-key free agency thing. So the things we've done this offseason, we re-signed Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody knew that that was coming. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was going to happen later in the offseason, but it happened pretty early. First week of offseason, we, we re-signed Ben to a five-year ex- excuse me extension through uh, 20, uh, 2020, I believe, is the when the contract ends. That will make him 38 when he's when he's uh, done with this contract. Probably retires a Steeler now. Um, and the, the deal is somewhat cap-friendly, so it's going to be a lot of money up front. And then, you know, the later years of that deal uh, will actually be somewhat more cap-friendly. Um, so we have Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I, you know, not much to say here other than I think we all expected it, right? Yeah, we expected it. But, you, I mean, I think that's a huge, a huge signing 
because, um, I mean, five more years, he's, he's really at the top of his game. I think that it ends in 2019, by the way, because I think this coming up year is, is oh, the first it's year. included in it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's huge just to get that done and out of the way and both sides are happy. They, you know, they called it a fair deal. Uh, I mean, I just think that's huge. And then when you go back to look at, um, well, I Joe commented and then I'd like to talk about the 2004 draft and, yeah. uh, cause there's some teams in there that really wish they had them. I'm sure. Absolutely. Joe, what's your thoughts on, uh, re-signing Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, uh, it's a great thing that it happened quick and early and no drama. I mean, I'm a guy, I, I don't like soap opera involved in my football, um, which is, you know, why I like the old days before free agency. Of course, I, everything I like is from the old days, but, uh, I, you know, I think it's a legitimate point as a, from a fan's point of view, I don't find all the merry-go-round hopping on this horse, hopping on that horse. I, I don't like it. Uh, and I don't think it's good for, I don't think it's good for team play. I don't think it's good for, for cohesion. Um, so I think it's, I think it's good that the Steelers aren't making a lot of moves. And I agree a hundred percent with you, Tony, the moves they made in the last off season in, in terms of free agency, you know, I mean, really you could, you could call it a complete bust. Um, they really didn't come up with anything that, that helped the team last year and, and hardly any of it's going to carry forward into this year. And, and I, I don't imagine much of it will be around after this season. Uh, and then I, I agree with Mike. It is, it is huge. Just get that done. Everybody's happy. It's the, it's early. There's no drama. And, you know, let's, let's, let's put a football team together quick, quiet, and let's go play football. I, I did forget to mention that the other guy, the other big offseason guy that they signed last year was LeGarrett Blunt, who again, you know, he was good while he lasted and then, uh, that ended up being somewhat of a disaster. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I have to agree with you guys on Ben. I think, look, this is a, this is a big deal, you know, getting him signed through, through 2019. Like you said, Joe, the big deal here is no drama in this, right? This didn't drag on throughout the offseason and you start to hear rumblings like, well, what is he gonna resign or, or is there some kind of turmoil between, you know, in the contract talks or whatever. It was a fair deal. It ends up being cap friendly for us, but also gives him, you know, there's no real reports yet of what the actual numbers are, but there's some reports that it's, he's got the most guaranteed money up front ever in a contract. Um, so it's good, to, you know, he's going to get paid as he deserves to be. He's coming off of his best season as a quarterback by far. Um, and now he's, you know, he's got so many weapons around him. He's having fun in this offense. Uh, and we've got this whole thing behind us. But that doesn't mean that there isn't any drama this offseason, guys. Because uh, on the other side of the ball, kind of the quarterback of the defense, eh, there is a bit of controversy going on there. And there's been reports for the past couple weeks that uh, – Troy Polamalu isn't really sure if he wants to play yet, hasn't really made a decision, but the real controversy comes in, there's been other reports that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't want him back, and they would like him to retire so that they don't want, uh, they don't want to have to cut him. Uh, Mike, give me your thoughts on this Troy Polamalu situation. Okay, um... I mean, I agree. You definitely don't want to cut Troy Polamalu. You don't want to see him go to another team. Uh, and and it, it it would be better if he just retired. I mean, I was um, part of me wishes that he could come back and be a role player and get on the field and you know and and make some plays here and there and still feel part of the team and kind of you know kind of like you see like Derek Jeter go out and guys like that go out. They know it's their last year, so the retirement you know, some type thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's some celebration along as he goes to different cities and stuff. But uh even a football doesn't really do that. But um 
it is it's going to it, it would be tough to see him get cut or see him on another team and it's and it was tough last year to watch him play and and just kind of be a shell of himself and be a step slower and uh and just you know not be as much of an impact as he be, as he has been in the past so sometimes it's just time it's just time uh no one no one's ever defeated yeah, yeah father no, time yeah, father time is undefeated and uh yeah it's it's I mean, for me, it's just tough to watch him out there. Like, if you go back and you watch the 2000 and, you know, those early, the mid 2000 teams, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, peak Troy Palomalu, um, he was a monster out there. I mean, he was a guy who defenses did not want to mess with. And now, it's just, he, like you said, he's a shell of his former self. Um, you know, just speaking as a fan and not, you know, this is not talking about the quality of the team or, or anything like that or salary cap situation, none of that. Just as a fan, you know, it, it's it's hard to watch Troy Palomalu fall this far off of the, the player that he used to be and the player that we know he can be. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a, there's a romance to it, right? So, I, you know, I want him to retire a stealer and never have played for another team. Um, if he plays for another team, look, I, I respect that. The Steelers cut him. I respect that too. Um, you know, uh, because, because the football part of it and the football part of it is at a certain age, you can't play this game anymore. You cannot. Um, and it, and, uh, it's not an easy thing for a young man, a relatively young man to, to swallow. This is what Troy Palomalo has excelled at for his whole life. And, and, you know, starting very soon, maybe, that part of his life is over. and He's never going to do it again. So if Troy Palomalo wants one more season, I respect that. And if the Steelers say, look, that one more season, you know, as much as we love to have you, you know, we can't we can't do it here. You know, I respect that too. Uh, I, You know, I, it, it's hard to watch great players at the end of their careers um, uh, on both sides of the coin. It's hard to watch them watch them not play as well as they used to play. And it, and it's hard to watch them wear another uniform. Um, we had to watch Rod Woodson. I think that was the, the worst one. And I think that was, that was the Steelers biggest blunder maybe ever, um, was letting him go. Cause he went, he went too soon. They thought that knee injury was going to end his career and it did not. He, he played for several more years and he played well. Uh, and he should have stayed a Steeler and he should have retired a Steeler. Um, I, I don't think it's the same the same issue for Troy, um, you know, but, uh, it, it, it won't, it won't be pleasant to see him play in another uniform, but you cannot, you cannot as a fan say he shouldn't do it. Um, because you know, how, how think about how you would feel if you had to give up your profession, a profession that's been very good to you, a profession that you love, that you, that you've been doing for your entire life. Um, and and now starting now you're not doing it anymore. That's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch this team next year. You know, I think I think at this point we can all assume that Troy Polamalu, whether he plays or not, it won't be in a Steeler uniform. So we're gonna we're gonna have to number one we're gonna have to watch him in another uniform. And like you said, Joe, you know, being this era, we've done that before, right? We've seen James Harrison play in another uniform. We, like you said, we've seen Ron Woodson do it. We'll, we might even see Troy Palomalu do it. Actually, we're probably going to see James Harrison do it again because James Harrison, who was retired and out of football until week four of last season, when we, when the Steelers coerced him back into playing, now wants to come back for another year. Except the Steelers again, 
Don't want him back. So now he's thinking about going to play in Tennessee where, uh, where Dick LeBeau signed, uh, to be their defensive assistant. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch this defense now. You know, we talked about this on the last podcast of how we're going to have to move and we're going to have to, you know, become younger on defense. That plan is being executed. Brett Kiesel cut. Troy Palomaro likely to be cut or retired. James Harrison's not coming back. Ike Taylor's not coming back. Um, this is a team that is moving on from that 2008. And, you know, of course, Dick LeBeau not coming back. It has to. This The, the defense has not performed since about 2011. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's like, hey, this is a this is a team that that built phenomenal defenses and and they they were always good. They were always near the top of the league. Um, and you know they have their ups and downs, but this is the longest you know dry spell, if yeah. you will, on defense that I can recall. I, I you know I don't remember how bad the defense was in the eighties. Mike Mike and I nicknamed it the Third and Burnham defense um, for a while. Uh, so maybe it rivals that period. I don't know, but that's going back a pretty long way, man. That's, you know, 30 years ago. It's going to be, I mean, you're, you know, you're right. I mean, we, we've known that this is, that this has been coming, that this kind of, it's just going to be, I think for us, it would be a lot easier to make this transition if we knew who the, you know, when we talked about this, who the next guys are going to be, right? But when you start to talk about no Palomalu, no Harrison, no Ike, no Kiesel. And then the next guys that are coming up are all somewhat question marks. And and the one guy who wouldn't have been a question mark, and, and Jason, you know, let's talk about Jason Worlds real quick, because Jason Worlds was likely to go to another team, but there was a small chance that we could have re-signed him, especially considering the way the market worked out and we actually had the money to re-sign him. But Jason Worlds makes what I think is a pretty shocking decision. Coming off of a year in which the Steelers paid him the transition tag, which was uh, top five in his position, Paid him about nine million dollars, and he was scheduled, and he was, he could have made somewhere around there per year, maybe a little less. This year, in a long term deal though, four five year deal if he wanted it, and instead he chooses to retire. This is a kid who's twenty seven years old, Just coming into the prime of his career. He hasn't, he never made the leap. He never went from potential to being the guy, but he but he maintained being the guy who had potential, who you could see making the leap, and it, to me it's it's shocking. That he decides, I'm going to walk away from football, and I'm just going to turn down this money. Um, and he's not the only young guy to do it this offseason. We've had this is the third guy under 30 years old who are who are making good money. Patrick Willis on the 49ers, a stud inside linebacker, uh, and then Jake Locker, the quarterback for Tennessee, uh, you know, who was in kind of a, a starting battle there. Um, he also walks away. It's crazy to me to watch, uh, see these guys yeah. walk away like that. I think you're going to start seeing a handful of guys doing this uh, more often at, at about that same age where they've made some money and they can play three or four more years, but that wear and tear on their body, they may be looking at it and saying, you know what, I've, I've made enough and I'm ready to live my life now and I'm healthy and I don't have any, you know, nothing slowing me down. Yeah. And, uh, it may start happening, and and it didn't. I think it didn't happen in the past because guys at that age didn't make the money like they do today. Right. Yeah. Well, you're talking about yeah. You're talking about a guy who at 27 years old has already you know he's made like 10 million dollars. Uh, you know, and then his next deal would. But his next deal, you know, look, his next deal might have paid him 30. His next deal might have paid him 40. It's weird walking away from that kind of money, to me. That's true. 
but everyone has different priorities. So no, yeah, you're right. And, he, look, and you know, the reports are that he wants to go, uh, you know, uh, do things with his religion um, and get more involved in that. And look, that's awesome. Um, I, I just, for me, I look at this situation not just in the case of just Jason Wilts. I mean, I think the Jason Wilts case is an interesting one, right? Because here's a guy who, you know, Patrick Willis was 29 years old, had had his time in the league, was very very good. Um, and you can make an argument that's an early retirement, but not like freakishly early. But Jake Locker and Jason Worlds are very, that's very interesting to me to see guys walking away like this. And when you, you know, you hear stories about, you know, the, the, the problems that people have after they get done with football. And then, and people always say, well, you know, they, they know the risk, right? They know going in, uh, that, you know, that football is a dangerous sport. And we haven't seen this before though, right? We have never seen guys who just go, actually, I'm not cool with the risk that, that I'm taking. Even with the money that you're going to pay me, I'm still not cool with it. But now we're starting to see that. It's, it's, I don't know. Joe, what do you think? It's interesting to me. Well, I have two, um, I, I have two thoughts about it. Um, one, one is, yeah, I think that, that probably is a factor. Um, if you've, if you've ever watched, um, these, uh, you know, they have a lot of football. Where they show old football stars on on uh, ESPN runs um, Football Life and yeah and then they, uh, there's also Thirty for Thirty um, those are those are some great that's some great sports TV sports documentary by the way I really enjoy those um, but you know when you see some of these guys that and they're not doing that well and they you know they you know, these are big strong men and they're you know superior athletes and in their older life I mean they they don't get around as well as I do you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think that absolutely is a factor, and the kids are just wise to it now. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think many years ago they were wise. I think this is really a development that's that's become that's become well known or um, in the last ten years. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I, that I believe. Now, on the other side of it, and I don't I don't think these two are mutually exclusive. As a matter of fact, I think they they there's a correlation between the two. Um, I, I think if you've lost your passion for something, um, football is not a game that you can play if you don't have a passion for it. And if you've lost that, if it's like, I, I, you know, if you don't, I could take it or leave it. I, you know, I, I loved it at one time. I don't love it anymore. It's a business. It's not a game. Um, and, and, you know, you live your life. If you're a professional football player, especially a starter in the league, um, th- that's not a part-time job. It's right. not a thing you do every fall. It's a thing you do year round, um, and uh, so if, if you if if you don't have the a burning desire to continue to do that, I don't think you can. And and um, Jason Worlds may have that may have may have gone out of him. He may not have enjoyed it, uh, and it would explain you know why he didn't continue to excel you know last year because um, we expected him to take the next you know go to the next level, and he never really did. Especially and in the why like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's and I think it's because I think it's because he didn't enjoy the game as much as he used to. Not because he didn't have talent, um, because we saw that you don't just lose that, um, but you can lose your desire. You can lose you can lose that that fire inside. And and um, I think those two things go hand in hand. The early retirement thing you're talking about. Um, it's a it's a hey I don't, I don't want the wear and tear on my body, but also I, I don't have the burning desire to play this game anymore. And so I am not willing to take the risk. Um, so I'll check out. Yeah. It's interesting. But it is interesting. It's yeah. interesting. 
Yeah. So, exactly. so I mean, so to swing this back to, you know, the, the Steelers, um, I mean, this leaves us with a defense where our starting outside linebackers are uh, Arthur Motes, who they did resign, and uh, Jarvis Jones. And that's and that's it. And there's no James Harrison to back them up. And, and you know, we really don't have a lot of depth behind them uh, at outside linebackers. So you've got to figure now that they didn't they haven't really addressed outside linebacker and free agency. And there aren't really that many guys out there to to address it. Although I do want to bring up one. OK, I do want to bring up this guy. This is very interesting to me. So in looking through the signings that they did, you know, at the end of every year, there's always a, a time period where you go out and you sign guys who have kind of been out of football for a year to what are called future contracts, right? These are guys who you're like, look, I want you to be to be around for the spring training cramp stuff or the, the, the spring practices, you know, be around the, the the practice facility, that kind of thing. And then you'll kind of be a body during training camp. And a lot of these guys don't make the team. But there's one guy who I got, who I, I, was, I saw and I was like, well, this is an interesting deal. Because you look at these guys and a lot of them are like, you know, Damian Washington, uh, Matthew Conrad, Michael Ignew, right? Guys who you've heard of in college, but they're not, you know, none of these guys are anything in the NFL. But then there's one guy who's Sean Lemon, and I'd never heard of this guy before, so I looked him up, and he got signed to a three-year deal. Now, now most of these guys get signed to like one-year deal, $400,000, right? League minimum deals. Except Sean Lemon. Sean Lemon, the Steelers signed to a three-year, $3 million deal. And you ask yourself, well, who is Sean Lemon? Okay, Sean Lemon is this guy who's been playing in the Canadian Football League for like ever. He's, uh, he, but he's only 26 years old. Um, and he's been playing since 2011. So he's been around for four years. He's been playing in, in Arena League, Canadian Football League. But in the last two years, he's become a stud pass rusher in the Canadian Football League. He's recorded 22 sacks in the last two years. Um, so averaging 11 a year. Now, you know, the Steelers haven't had a guy who had 10 sacks since James Harrison way back in the day. Um, so this guy is a legit pass rusher in the Canadian Football League. And so then I started looking up, like, okay, well, do Canadian Football League players even translate to the NFL at all, um, especially pass rushers? Well, there's another guy who, who – uh, did you know Cam Wake, the, the really good pass rusher on, on Miami who had – you know, who's had 12 sacks a year for the last, whatever, three, four years? He also came from uh, from Canada. So it's – so, you know, to say – I don't want to say we have no – depth at outside linebacker. We we don't really, except this guy Sean Lemon, who I'm kinda interested in. This is an interesting case to me. You know, he's a big dude. He's six two, two fifty. Um and he's uh yeah, he's from Canada. But I like him. That is interesting, but I believe that they're definitely gonna draft an outside linebacker in the draft in the draft because they just they always find those tweeners and they're good values for the Steelers or teams with that play the four three so I think they're definitely going to get one in the probably the second or third round. Yeah, it's, uh, it might even be the first round. I mean, you, you might have to address pass rusher right up right off the top because you can't. I, I think you can't even you can't even make the assumption that Jarvis Jones is going to be the guy, right? You know, Arthur Motes, Arthur Motes can be okay, and they signed him to like a three year extension, which is cool. Um, and they have this guy Sean Lemon, who who knows if he's going to be good. He seems to have pedigree in the Canadian Football League, and maybe it translates. Um, but yeah, I think you have to take a pass rusher in the first round, or, or well, like you said, the first three rounds. Joe, what do you think? Well, if I if I recall my Canadian Football League stuff mm-hmm. um, accurately, I believe the Canadian field is wider than an NFL field. That is, I correct. think it is. That is correct. Um, which would make which would make it you would think 
I mean, I don't know all the rules, but you would think that that this would make it harder to achieve a sack because there's more field to run around in, and you know. Gotcha. So they, um, yeah, they can. So yeah. uh, for that for that reason, I, I was trying to think. Okay, well, how did you know? Because you you raised the question. How does a pass, a successful pass rusher in the Canadian Football League translate to the NFL? So there's a lot more than the size of the field, but the size of the field would tend to, would tend to favor the offense, not so much the defense, mm-hmm. because there's more field to defend. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, just, just on that, I mean, I, you know, it doesn't account for the offensive line talent and the schemes and et cetera, but, but just that. So I, for that reason, I'm very interested and also because you know the the defense has been lackluster, vanilla, you know, milk toast, <laughs> unexciting, yeah, for forever, right? Uh, and I'm sick of it. So get uh, anything, anything. It's it's the old. If it ain't working, stop doing the same thing and try something new. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's try something new. And I that's very exciting to me. So I I hope he gets on the field and we get to see. Maybe they'll try him out a little bit in the preseason and we'll get to see what he looks like there. I imagine, um, I imagine with that, you know, with a deal like that, like three years, three and a half million dollars, like he's, he's not going to just be training camp fodder. I imagine, yeah, he's definitely going to see some time in the preseason. They definitely think that he can be a guy at outside linebacker, um, or definitely going to be a presence. Oh, speaking of the linebackers, so we do need to to address what happened after LeBeau left. So when LeBeau left, or you know, whatever happened there, we forced him into retirement. Whatever. Uh, Keith Butler, the old uh, linebacker coach took over for Dick LeBeau as defensive coordinator, which left a void at the at the linebacker coach. So what a lot of people assumed was going to happen is Olavs- Jerry Olavsky would be promoted to linebacker's coach. That is not what happened. Here's what happened instead. They created a position. So Olavsky takes over the inside linebackers, and Joey Porter, who was a defensive assistant last year, really brought in to help the pass rush, now takes over as the outside linebacker coach. Um, so... An interesting thing there. I like it. Uh, I think Joey Porter. I like the 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 fire, the intensity that Joey Porter bought, brought to the sidelines last year. Um, and look, we definitely had a better pass rush this year than we did last year. Uh, not to say that it was good. Not to say that it was it was you know above the line as Tomlin would say. But it's getting there, and I like where it's going. So. So basically, two linebacker coaches, and they're basically the same level. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Uh, other notes on the defense. Um, the okay, so if you looked at the off season, right, and you, you looked at what do they need to address on defense, I think we we've already talked about outside linebackers got to be a position of, of need, right? Corner probably another position of need. Uh, you know, William Gate had a very good year last year, but on the other end of the spectrum, Cortez Allen did not. In fact, Cortez Allen was maybe one of the most disappointing players of last season. Um, right now, those are our two guys coming into next season that are the presumed starters. Behind them. You've got uh, Antoine Blake and Bryce McCain, right? Well, Bryce McCain was a uh, free agent coming into this year, and he got signed away by Miami. So, bye-bye Bryce McCain. Not to say that Bryce McCain was, you know, the the end-all, be-all at corner, but he did have three interceptions for us last year. He was he was decent. He had that pick six against Jacksonville. Um, he got signed away by Miami, though. So, we're now left at corner with a, in a very, I think a very similar situation to where we are at outside linebacker, um, where there's just no depth anymore. Like without McCain, it really kills this, the entire, uh, 
depth in the secondary. You now have William Gay, Cortez Allen, Antoine Blake. That's the list. Um, so that you you got to figure corner is going to be another position that comes up. And maybe it's free agency. They're talking about bringing this guy, Patrick Robinson, from New Orleans. Um, there was a little bit of talk that maybe Keenan Lewis was unhappy in New Orleans and wanted out. And he's not even making a lot of money, so the Steelers could probably afford him. I would say keep your eye open for that. That might still happen. But now word is that he he does want to stay. Um, I think the Steelers would be – look, if, if the idea here is we could trade a third-round pick and get Keenan Lewis back, I think the three of us would all agree – Yes, please, immediately, right? Yeah, but I, I don't believe that's really going to happen. Didn't he go there? Isn't his family from there? Yeah, yeah, that's his hometown. Yeah, he wants to be there. He's not He's not coming back to Pittsburgh. Not unless they cut him. If they want him out of New Orleans, if there's problems there, that's one thing. But if it, if he's just bored or whatever, he's he's not coming back to Pittsburgh. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think. I'd love to see it happen. I think it would be. He was. I, he was great the one year. I mean that one year he was. I, I agree. I agree that um, yeah, giving up a third round that's kind of uh, the right spot. But the only the only hesitation I have is that Tunch Ilkin, he thinks that uh, that Keenan Lewis wasn't a good fit. Really? He thought at the time you know Cortez Allen was the guy, and um, I don't know. He didn't he didn't like him for some reason. Interesting because we're look. I still believe in Cortez Allen, but you know to go into this season. Assuming that Cortez Allen is going to take that starting role and run with it, I, you know, you, you can't make that assessment right now. You have to get someone else in there. You have to get yeah, it's going to, I think it's both through the draft and, and probably free agency. Yeah. You know, picking up a, I mean, really McCain and Antoine Blake were kind of no name guys that yep. came in and filled a role. So I'm sure they can find guys like that. Yeah. And again, they're bringing in Patrick Robinson. I, I don't know when he's coming in for a visit, but I would assume that. Uh, he'll sign at some point. And, and when I say they can find guys like that, they don't always work out. I think we were pretty lucky that, or fortunate that Blake and McCain did work out and they came in and, and they, uh, contributed. Yeah. A lot of times you bring guys in and, and they just don't work out. Well, yeah, a lot and of they times. Never get, it, it never get up, on the field. Yeah, it ends up like Lance Moore, you know, where, yeah, you just, nothing happens there. I think the point here though with this, with what's happening with defensively, is that we're you know we're kind of losing players and not we haven't made any moves in the offseason defensively you know we've our real move has been to re-sign uh, Arthur Motes um, and we're just shedding players otherwise I think it kind of forces our hand in the draft and I know we talked about earlier in the year you know maybe we maybe instead of trying to build up that defense through the draft maybe you just you just throw another body in that, you know, at that offense and just say, like, this offense is going to be unbelievable now and I don't even care about the defense. I think what's happened so far kind of dictates that that can't happen anymore, right? This team would be irresponsible to take, let's say, a tight end or another wide receiver in the first round of the draft and not address that defense very early. Right? Didn't we go on for, like, 10 or 15 minutes on the last podcast or the podcast before that? Making a case to getting a big tight end. I did. I did make that. Well, case. You, we did. you I mean, two guys you, did. Both of us. Yes, you and I. So did. are you back? In, are you I'm changing off that. your I'm off that tune train. on that? Yeah, I'm off are that you? train. I, I don't know if I'm off it, um, but I do agree that this defense is at the point where if one of these young players doesn't step up and become a star, I mean, like a maybe not Troy Polamalu star, but like a Pro Bowl player. Yeah. Even though you know uh, Timmons is there, but uh, another big star. 
that they're just going to be mediocre. And uh, they might not even that be is, mediocre. That's my worry now. They could be. Yeah, that's true. They could be below mediocre. And um, and it's just, and it's going to be the offense. You're going to need the offense to outscore the other team, which is a lot of teams in this league are like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough, man. I. I I, I, I look. That's not that's not the steel. No, it's not steel football. Do that though, no. they're but, go, they like to build through the draft. It's a it's a Chuck Nolism that has stuck with them for all these years, and they are going to try to rebuild that defense through the draft. Um, and so many and, times, and this idea about Cortez Allen. I, I'm glad you said you didn't write Cortez Allen off because remember, whatever's going on with Cortez Allen, he has the talent to play that position, something's in his head. So if he gets his head straight in the off season and he comes back and he can, and, and, and his head is right, he can play that position and he can, he can, he can surprise the league, um, next season. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's not far fetched either. Um, the, the guy can play football. He's a talented guy. We saw it. And, um, uh, you know that's uh, it was he was one of Mike Tomlin's first picks I think at that position uh and that's Mike Tomlin's that was his baby when he was in Minnesota yeah um so uh you know don't write him off and then these other guys you know they didn't play that much uh but Jarvis Jones and and Shazam and um Who's the other guy I'm forgetting his name now the one that was out hurt for a year and and plays splits time with Shazier Spence, Spence. Um, yeah, you know, these guys, they got another year under their belt, you know, um, a lot of it's going to have to do with how healthy they stay, but, the, but I, I do think, you know, the word irresponsible is right. And it would be very unstealer like, um, to not rebuild this defense through the draft. I know they might have to do something with free agency right now, but, um, they're, they're going to, they're going to draft defenders. They, they need to, especially linebackers, um, and, and like you say, corners. I the whole damn defense is depleted. It's it, depleted is the right word. Depleted is the absolute right word because you look at you look at the guys that we're counting on going into this season, and it's like, like you said, Mike. If one of the even if one doesn't step up, we kind of are going to work. Well, the plan on defense is to run the table with all the young guys, right? We're saying Shazier is going to make the leap, and Jarvis is going to make the leap, and Cortez is going to make the leap. And Shamarco is going to make the leap. That's the bet on defense. Because if that doesn't happen, if one, of those, if one of those guys doesn't step up. But, but at some point it has to happen. Okay? Because, you know, otherwise Jack Lambert's still playing football. You know? <laughs> um, right? Right. It's got to happen. And, and if it doesn't, okay, you got to clean house then. You got to start over. But it's interesting in, so, in, in that the Steelers are letting guys go. They're letting veterans go. And they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to walk the tightrope without a net this year. Um, there's not going to be a fallback position, uh, and and that's got to be because the Steelers, the the Steeler management believes that they've got the right talent and the and the and the talent can play. Um, uh, 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 otherwise, they would they would they wouldn't they wouldn't toss out their safety net. It's yeah, and I don't know what it is with us fans because we've seen it time and time again, where the, especially on the defense, where these guys come into their own in their second and third year, and uh, it's got to happen. So we just need to be patient. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this patience, is the year. This, patience is you know. one thing. But I, I think 
we shouldn't be executing completely on hope on defense, which is what I kind of feel like this defense going into this year is kind of going to be on hope. How important is is the great nose tackle of the past? Because I think that that's something that's been lacking, and it seems like teams run on us and our linebackers don't make these big plays. But the, there's the point that's made that the the big nose tackle is only in on first and second down a lot of times, and a lot of times late in a game when teams are going five wide or no huddle, he's not even in at all. Not even in at all yeah. So how important is that right. position? I think at this point it's going to be – what's. I think the athleticism that they're trying to bring in is the most important thing. Um, but, you know, scheme is also going to be an important factor. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what Keith Butler does with these players. You know, there's a lot, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about what do you do with Shazier, Spence, Williams, Timmons. That's four good, four of your best defensive players play the same position. Right? What are you going to do with those four guys? Um, there's been a lot of talk about that. I'm interested to see what Butler does because that's look. It's probably, it's kind of a good problem to have, except that you have so many other positions where you don't, where you have the exact opposite, which is you have no good players um, or very few. I'm interested to see what happens there. You know, can can Shazier play a little bit outside? Can Shazier play any play any safety? Can he play the roaming role? What you know? What can you do with a guy like that when you have so many other players at that position. Um, I'm interested in it. I, I think defensive line-wise, I think I probably feel the best about the defensive line. Not that I feel great about it, right? But Cam Hayward's our best defensive player by a mile. Um, and I think Tuitt's really good. Uh, McClendon has been, you know, he's been around forever. Um, I'm okay with the defensive line. Linebackers. No, not okay with the linebackers, specifically outside linebackers. And then corner, I guess, you know, my worry with William Gay is like, you know, William Gay had a really good year last year, but was that just like a one-year thing? Because if William Gay takes a step backwards, I mean, good Lord, that that corners just go out the, out the window right there. And then Shamarco, look, I like Shamarco a lot. And actually, there, I, I read, uh, I forget who it was, someone made a really interesting point, which is, what does Mike Mitchell look like when he doesn't have to just play center field for Troy Polamalu? Like, if you remove Troy Polamalu, what does does that free up Mike Mitchell to do more Mike Mitchell stuff and not just covering Polamalu's butt on every play? Which is an interesting take on that situation because I know we, you know, specifically me as you know, hating on Mike Mitchell a lot. Um, I found that to be interesting, but again. It's all hope and prayer, right? Everything I just said is hope and a prayer. What if, you know, what if you remove Paul Allen and Mitchell does better? What if Cortez Allen does better? What if Jarvis Jones turns into the best pass rusher? Like, it's all what ifs. You would have liked, I mean, not to say that, and that's not to say that I want this team to go out and sign a big free agent in the offseason, although it is, I think it is funny that they did reach out to Darrell Revis and see if he would play for less money in Pittsburgh, and he immediately said no. Uh... But I think even I think even the you know that was a bit out of desperation, uh, and I think you know just to see that that just reassures you that they understand that the that they have a need at that position, right? And they're going to address it right. in the off season, uh, and that's good. Yeah, that's good. As far as and they're you know, not, and they're not going to overpay. Uh, yeah, that's good too. Uh, yeah. As far as everything's open to prayer, I mean, Tony, there's no guarantees in life. There's no guarantees in football. Um, 
you know, so, um, you know, you draft guys and, and you bring guys into a team, into a situation, and you think they can fill a role. And there comes a day when it's time to step up and do it and see if they can. And, and uh, you know, I made a, you know, for this, uh, uh, for this new defensive coordinator, you know, it's showtime coming yeah, time up soon. Is now. And, and, you know, he's going to get, he's going to get a, he's going to, he's going to get a, um, an interview basically with the fans this season. Um, and he's got, he's got a big giant legacy, you know, that stretches decades long. It's not just Dick LeBeau. Um, and, and it, you know, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's exciting for him, but, but also, uh, you know, stand and deliver, man, because if the Steelers are a doormat this year, um, that's going to, that, you know, people had patience with Dick LeBeau. They're not going to have patience with, you know, the new right. guy. Yeah, their, their offense is not going to let him be a doormat. I don't think, yeah, there. I was just going to say, let's talk about the offense for a second because I think the offense is going to carry this team again. We all know that. Um, and on offense – Oh, hey, Bob, before you get too into it, the Mike wanted to talk about the 2004 draft and Ben. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a good time to, yes. to go into that. Yeah, let's I go. think that's going to be an interesting so, Okay, so I'll, I'll go through that. Uh I have it in front of me here. So first pick was San Diego Chargers. They picked Eli Manning and I'm not going to, we're not going to argue between Eli, Phillip Rivers and Ben. We all know we think Ben is the choice, but those three teams, they picked a quarterback and it panned out and those were good picks, right? right? So let's go to pick number two, Oakland Raiders. Do you think they could do, could have used Ben? Yeah, they have. They didn't had, pick Ben. Yeah. They, they picked a tackle named Robert Gallery. Who never lasted. He never, he was. I don't know good. where he is now. He's, right. he's not a football. He was never good. <laughs> So pick number three, the Cardinals go with Larry Fitzgerald. Great wide receiver pick, but if you had to do it over again, I don't know. Would you pick Ben or even Phillip Rivers at that point for the Cardinals? Yeah. Well, they they've, spent, a, they've spent this entire – Larry Fitzgerald's entire career in search of a quarterback. Other than Kurt Warner. They had Kurt them, Warner they for keep, that short period they of time. Keep get, right. They had Warner and, and they, had, they had Carson Palmer. And those guys kept getting hurt or Warner, in his case, you know, he retired – Right. But um, yeah. In between those two, yeah, they've searched for a quarterback for their the whole time Fitzgerald's been on the team. Yep. All right. So pick four, uh, the Giants pick Philip Rivers, and then they traded with the with the Chargers. Uh, pick five, the Redskins pick free safety Sean Taylor. Yep. Who I believe uh, he's passed away, so he rests in peace. Yep. But he was a great player. He was really good. I mean, if you really, I can't remember who they had a quarterback at the time. But if they needed a free safety, I mean, he got they got a great free safety. Yeah, he was great. He was legitimately great. And pick six, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Think they could have used Ben? I think they might have wanted Ben Roethlisberger in, instead. Sure. <laughs> and Joe, do you know who they picked? One of your favorite players. Tight end. Soldier. Oh, they... <laughs> Kellen Winslow Jr. Yep. Jr. Oh, man. Is he still playing football somewhere? No. I don't think so. I mean, he was he was good at times, but uh, I mean, just think about that. Was, you could have he was Ben never as good as he was in his mind, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. He thought never he was even great. close. Pick seven, the Lions pick a wide receiver, Roy Williams, who I don't think really panned out. Well, he, was, he, right. was, he was he had a brief moment there where he was okay, and then he's out of football. And then the Falcons picked D'Angelo Hall, who was a good cornerback. Yeah, but Hall, still, not bad. Not yeah. not Ben. Not you know not a quarterback there. Right. That right. And then the Jaguars pick Reggie Williams, wide receiver. I don't think he ever panned out. No, he was awful. 
And the Texans picked Dante Robinson, another cornerback who was good. He was aight, yeah. And then Ben yeah, fell into ben, our laps. Yeah. It was a the crazy – is history. It was a crazy moment because uh, teams just started passing on, on Ben. Like it got down to the Browns. You're like, well, the Browns don't want – don't necessarily like any quarterbacks in this draft. They're going to pick Winslow. And at the time that year, you know, 2004 Cleveland Browns, I believe they had Kelly Holcomb at that time, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're probably right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna look it up right now. Gonna look it up. Pretty sure they had Kelly Holcomb. Cause he, he was the quarterback in that playoff game against them in 2002, I believe, where it went back and forth and we won at the end. They, this might have been the resurgence of Tim Couch in 2004, actually, if I, Oh, maybe they picked him the year prior? Couch? Couch was like 1998, yeah. but then he had a resurgence, remember? He came back. Tim Couch Oh, came I see. Back. Yeah. Wikipedia is failing me here. I can't find the roster. I'll look it up. Anyway, it's just, I just always think it's interesting looking back at the drafts. And, uh, I mean, you know, to have Ben for five more years, I'm interested to know what the guaranteed money is. And, uh, cause a lot of times, I don't like where, um, you get to year four and five and the team could cut you just to save the money. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. And we get him for five more years. I think he'll retire as dealer. I, I I would be. We've always talked about the end of Ben's career is going to be tough to watch because it's gonna he's gonna fall into that Favre zone of like you know trying to do the crazy stuff. But Ben doesn't do the crazy stuff that much anymore, right? He doesn't run around like a wild man as much. I think you know he's kind of fallen into, uh, you know, a more traditional quarterback role. I mean, not not to say that he's like Peyton Manning out there. But he's certainly not the young gunslinger Ben Roethlisberger anymore, right? That's true. He didn't have any crazy bad interceptions last year, did he, that I can think of, where it's just like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, no, nothing that really sticks out. Nothing that – nothing that. Uh, there was the, the – re- really the worst interception of the year, the worst one he threw, was not even his fault. It was the one, it was the one in the playoff game that kind of killed the entire game. But that was yeah. really Suggs just making an unbelievable play. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there one in the um... – Maybe the Browns game. We drove down, and then, and then, oh no, it was a missed field goal. I'm thinking we there was a game. Maybe it was the Jets game. We drove down and then threw a pick. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he did. He threw an absolutely ridiculous ball yeah. in a double coverage. Yeah, and that I think that was the that the was Jets the game. The Jets game. The, the Jets game was just a weird game, though. Right, but that's how it started off. Yeah, yeah. Steelers drive down the field and thrown into the end zone and interception. Right. Well, we were um, down 17 to nothing at the end of the first quarter in that game. I mean, that, that was just a weird game. Anyway, um, okay, so on offense, we did – on offense this year, we did actually address something in free agency. There's the one new guy on the team that we picked up from another team. We got a running back because Le'Veon Bell is going to get suspended to begin the year. Everybody knows this. It's from last year. Uh, so because, of, because he got arrested for DUI, he's going to get suspended. Now he's going to get suspended two games, not one probably. They haven't announced it officially yet. But probably two games, not one. So we're going to need a running back for two games. Uh, and that's going to be D'Angelo Williams, the running back from the Carolina Panthers. Um, it's an interesting case because he's, you know, this is a guy who has not necessarily been healthy for much of his career, especially lately. Um, but when he is healthy, he's pretty productive. Uh, he's a guy who can both run and catch. Not a big dude, not like a not a Garrett Blunt type, more of like a Le'Veon Bell type, um, you know, kind of an all around back. 
Uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about bringing in D'Angelo Williams? I, I think it's a ho-hum signing. I like it, but it's not – I'm not, like, thrilled. I think it was necessary to get a veteran back, obviously, from what happened in uh, in the playoff game. So I think he's good. I mean, he had a you – know, in 2008, he had a 1,500-yard season, and that's tapered off since then, just like you said, probably because of injuries. But if he's playing, uh, you know, a backup role – Hopefully he can stay healthy and, uh, they need a one-two punch and maybe they're not gonna pick up a guy in the draft and, because of this. So that saves you a draft pick. So I think it's a good pickup. There are a couple other running backs out there and I think, um, any one of the two or three would have been just as well or just, you know, just as good. I would, yeah, I actually would have been fine if they just brought back Ben Tate. I thought Ben Tate could have been fine. You know, the real, the real, my only real concern here is you have to bring in a guy who knows he's going to split time. You can't have a Garrett Blunt situation where he thinks he's going to be like the co-starter, and then we have to cut him halfway through the year. And in D'Angelo Williams' case, he's been he's been splitting time with Jonathan Stewart, you know, his entire career basically in Carolina. So I think he he understands the whole uh, backup, you know, splitting time being the backup for most of the seasons. I think. Joe, what do you think? Well, I, I, I like the whole thing. I, I'm, you know, from uh, both parts of it. I'm, I'm relieved. I'm relieved to know that the NFL has taken such a hard line on, uh, on, on adult men, you know, and, and what they do in their recreational time. They're just not going to stand for a, a weed token running back in the NFL. You just, you just can't, can't be token the weed and playing in the NFL that, uh, you know, Give the NFL like a black eye, you know, and the right. NFL, right. NFL right. wouldn't want right. to, wouldn't want to, you know, they wouldn't want a black eye, right? Uh, you know, to protect that saying? shield, yeah, be yeah. like a, yeah. I mean, you know, like if a woman were given a black eye, she'd have to wear sunglasses then, so uh-huh. nobody would notice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know. think we know where you're going with this. I, so, uh, I think so I'm relieved. I, I'm very, I'm very relieved. And then as far as from the Steelers point of view, um, this, this guy, um, I, I, I kind of like, I kind of like the idea of having a, uh, uh, the same style back as Bell, um, because that's the style, Bell fits the offense. So what, if Bell goes out or Bell needs a, a, a breather or Bell has to miss a game for, because of a, a small injury or whatever, um, uh, then, then why do we have to change the offense around? Uh, because Bell's not there. If we can have a, a person that can fill that role, um, and and then we can keep the same style of offense going, I think that makes a big difference. I think if we could have if we could have had a person that had played uh, in that backup role for the whole season last year, along with Bell, uh, and then Bell went out for the playoff game, I, I think the Steelers advance um, uh, yeah. last season. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, because that offense is potent, it's effective, and, and why why should it change? So I like it. I, I like it uh, from the Steelers. You know what the Steelers did there. Um, uh, I think it's a good move. I do too. I think I think uh, I think getting a veteran guy who who knows he's going to be the backup and and fits fits the style of the offense is, is the perfect move. I also think though you you probably still want to address this position in the draft at some point just to bring another body in there. You know, D'Angelo Williams has had injury problems. And, you know, the, at running back at this point, we cannot be left with our pants down like we did at the end of last season. And so 
you know, if you have to over-address the problem, I'd rather over-address the problem than, than under-address the problem. You know, we, we brought in, look, we went with the same strategy last year, and it didn't work out. Uh, we had LeGarrette Blunt, but we had to cut him. Now, not to say that D'Angelo Williams is going to need to be cut, but let's say he were to go down with, like, another injury that, that puts him out, you know, for the, they only played six games last year. So let's say he only plays six games this year. Well, if we were to have anything to happen to Le'Veon at that point, then you're stuck in the same situation where you have some no-name guy carrying the ball at the end of the year. Um, so I think you need you need three guys at running back right now. Um, and this brings me to my next point, which is the uh, the final thing I want to talk about tonight. The, the idea that the Steelers are actively searching for a return man. That is a thing that they need, that they want to bring in, whether through the draft or through free agency. They want to bring in a guy who can be a return specialist for them. Which leads me to this point. What happened to Dree Archer? Like how much faith – so we talked about that it was a coaching problem with, with Archer. But it seems to me that maybe it's an Archer problem because the coaching staff has all but given up on this guy. He's not going to be a running back. He's not going to be a wide receiver. And he's not going to be a return guy. So what really – where does he really fit into this offense or into this team even? They definitely want their return guy or they want they want to fill two positions with one guy, right? Like the scat back and the return guy. So if, if Dree Archer – if they've given up on him on returns, they're probably going to give up on him totally. Totally, yeah. So uh, – and, and it's kind of weird because in the Tomlin era, they keep trying to get a scat back. And I'm trying to think – I mean Baron Batch didn't really pan out. Nope. And then uh, Chris, Chris Rainey. Rainey Definitely didn't pan out. Oh, am I missing any others? Archer. And Archer. And you know who did pan out? Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't, I mean, he was a kind of a flyer. Okay, this guy's small and quick. Pick him in the sixth round. See what happens. And he stuck. And so they may be willing to do that again in the draft. Or they will do that again in the draft probably. And then there will be a competition and Dre Archer will really have to prove himself at, like I said, both positions, return and third down, scat back, whatever you want to call it. I actually didn't mind. You know what? I didn't mind Marcus Wheaton returning kicks last year. I mean, I get you don't want you don't want Brown returning punts anymore, right? It's just stupid to have Bun, uh, Brown. Uh, yeah. Yeah, punts. that needs to stop. Even though he that, did return a couple for, one or one. No, or he did great, right? Yeah. And, he, and he, he wasn't the one that got hurt. He was doing the... You know, he was kicking people in the face and you know, <laughs> right, doing right. what he had, doing what he. Had I would to save do. him for like a playoff game or big, you know, big moments where it's like, oh yeah. crap, they're putting Brown back there now. Yeah, you know, yeah, they need a good to, return like, to up. get back in this game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, make the other team call a timeout on a freaking punt. Yeah, yeah. that'd be yeah. nice. Um, uh, but uh, I, I just have this, you know, I, I, I agree with what your your assessment, Tony. That hey, you know, we blamed it on the coaches. The coaches didn't know how to use them, and they they failed to. You know, bring him into the offense and, you know, maybe they think he's not, he doesn't try hard enough or he's not, his head's not right or whatever his problem is. Um, but, and, and my fallback position has always been, well, the guy's got speed. So then coach the rest of it. You can't, you can't coach him to be fast, to run fast, but he's already got that. So now you got the part you can't, you can't just invent from whole cloth. So now teach him, get him to do it. That's what a coach does. Motivate him, teach him. Uh, and so maybe he's not coachable. Maybe that's what they're saying. I don't know. I just will will offer this warning to the coaching staff, and I and I, I mean it as a warning. Um, if this guy gets cut, 
and then he runs punts back and kickoffs back and and uh, gets in, involved in the Cleveland Brown offense or something and, you know, pulls a freaking Eric Metcalf on me. <laughs> That's I what I was thinking. Freaking ballistic. I am My freaking head is going to explode. I might go buy a goddamn Browns jersey in my anger, okay? Because this is just flat-out freaking ridiculous, man. You can't – this guy is like the fastest guy to step on a football field in 25 years. Do something with the guy, for heaven's sakes. You're going to cut him? Have we just watched the combine? What, what was this 40 time last year, Tony? Do you remember? 4-2-something? Man. It was like the second fastest ever. That's fast. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. These guys are flirting with with. No, but I mean, you know, you, you, it's, you know this is, they, they they will go in this coaching staff if they let him go. Okay, they could. They are flirting with. Hey, we might be the biggest boneheads. They'll do. They'll do thirty for thirties on how the hell did this guy? You know, it's like the 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 fifty Steelers. Yeah, who Johnny, cut Johnny Unitas. I don't. I knew okay? you're gonna I bring up Johnny Unitas. Three hundred is not well, Johnny. The guys Unitas. who cut Johnny Unitas might be laughing at this coaching staff. So. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, they need to give him another chance, and he, and I think he'll get that chance in in the next preseason. So, and then I don't know if he'll make the final roster, but I think he'll at least get another chance. Right. But Joe, let me ask you this: He definitely had chances returning the ball on returns early in the season last season. Was there anything there that you liked that you could see that yeah, if he, he went he to didn't another do team? Well. He yeah. didn't do well, but it was very disappointing. The whole thing was just very disappointing. I don't understand it, and it may just be that he can't play pro football. That might. But you be can't it. play. You can't blame the coaches on the returns, I don't think. I mean, that's like either you got it or you don't, unless the unless the blocking scheme or something. Yeah. I mean, maybe he doesn't have vision. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you got to have. You do have to have more than just speed. No question about that. But as far as getting him involved in the offense, I still was, stand by what we a, said earlier. Yeah, utter yeah. complete failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so, but we didn't see much of him. We didn't see much of him. I, you know, no. we've suffered through a lot of nothing returners and you know guys would stay on the team that couldn't play their position for you know not not necessarily with this coaching staff with i'm kind of picking on cower now but um yeah they would stick with guys ad nauseum man it's like come on <laughs> guy he sucked last year he sucked the year before that and he's on the team again come on <laughs> uh and and this dude here he touches the ball like five times like oh he can't do it forget where to throw him out he's you know he's yesterday's news uh, hey with I, I just i don't understand the impatience with the guy I want to change subjects here. With Lance Moore moving on, uh, do you think the Steelers are going to sign a, a little uh, or a third a a slot receiver? receiver? Basically, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they might. They might in draft free agency. A wide receiver. I feel like I feel like it's more likely we draft one. Well, why can't they do both? They could. draft and I mean, there, there's got to be wide receivers out there that are, you know, these guys are kind of like Lance Moore was. They're decent on another team, and then you put them with Ben, you expect big things. Yeah. didn't work out for Lance Moore, but there's got to be a, a lot of other receivers out there like that, well, you know, free agency. They, they had Darius Hayward Bay last year. They could re-sign him, and I guess they could bring him back if they wanted to. Um, I'm thinking of someone more younger and uh, and less known. You know, They just need the opportunity. You know, They haven't got the opportunity because they're on a team with a bad quarterback. Well, there was – okay, so like if you're looking at wide receivers that are out there now, and I don't think we're going to be able to afford either of these guys, but you do have Dwayne Bowe who was cut by the Chiefs and Stevie Johnson. Yeah, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for like a nobody, somebody never heard of that that comes in and he's great because he never really had a chance at his old team. Right. And his old team had a bad quarterback. Put him with the Steelers. It's kind of like uh, the Patriots do. You know, that that 
Tom Brady makes him great. Right. You bring because, in like you bring in yeah, like a Donny Avery type, like like Kansas City just cut Donny Avery, like Donny Avery, who knows if Donny Avery's good cuz he had Yeah. Alex Smith throwing him the ball. He he actually he was pretty decent on Philadelphia a few years ago. Yeah, he's I mean, yeah, he's been around for sure. Yeah. There aren't a ton. I'm looking at the wide receivers right now. A lot of these wide receivers are getting are getting signed left and right. There are really very few wide receivers left other than the two guys that we didn't sign. Like there's Lance Moore and there's Darius Hayward Bay. It's actually crazy how many wide receivers got picked up already. I really liked you know who I really liked was uh uh Brian Hartline from the Miami Dolphins. But he got picked up by um Cleveland of all teams. Actually That's a good that's a good example of what I was looking for. Yeah. A guy like that. Yeah. Brian Hartline's good. I mean, well, he but the problem with Brian Hartline is he wanted to make like three million dollars a year, and we're not going to pay mm-hmm. we're not going to pay anybody three million a year because he was making a lot more than that on Miami. He was like a sneaky good like Wes Welker type, you know. Um. All right, so let's talk about some of the some of the things that happened in the off season that did not relate to the Steelers, but you know, tangentially. So the the Ravens have made like wholesale roster changes this off season that I don't think I didn't realize that they were in such dire. Uh, financial shape thanks to Joe Flacco uh, but they are and so they had to cut salary like crazy they cut Jacoby Jones they traded Haloti Nada um, they made some they made some moves that I don't think ultimately are going to be good for them long term but I guess short term they kind of had to make these moves uh, I'm pretty excited to see that the Browns are the Browns again they're not going to re-sign Brian Hoyer they're going to go with Johnny Manziel and then they got Josh McCown from Tampa uh, so that's going to be their starting quarterback. I mean, the Browns are the Browns again. They, do you think they'll draft a quarterback in the oh, first round? Please. I hope they do. I really hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do. It's like you can say the most bizarre thing, right? <laughs> and then, and then you, it's like okay, well, that's just totally off the wall. And then you, then you apply it to the Browns, and, they, and it's funny because right. it's absolutely possible. Right. Well, you know that movie, that movie Draft Day that we all saw. Like we saw Draft Day, right? So yeah, the based on based on the Cleveland Browns, and that's like one of the dumbest plot lines for an, like like clearly the people who wrote that movie don't watch the NFL because like what happened in the movie, like all the the actual moves that got made were just stupid. But then you remember, oh no, actually it's a Cleveland Browns, so maybe they. Maybe it wasn't that stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what the Browns are doing this offseason. I guess they don't believe in Johnny football enough to actually start him, so they have to bring in a crappy veteran to make sure that they're going to be total crap next year. They were 9-7 and seven this year. They're going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. What about the Bengals? They, they, right the Bengals actually signed some decent players, didn't they? The Bengals brought back Michael Johnson. Um, they... I don't think what else what else do they do? They do anything else big? I thought I remember hearing a report that they They maybe they, it was linebackers? Oh they got AJ Hawk. They brought in oh, AJ Hawk. They got, yeah. I mean AJ Hawk eh, is he more good? of a name. Yeah, he's yeah. a name. I don't know if he's good. Or, or maybe the best years are behind him. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um the, the most intriguing thing to me in the off season is what the Eagles and Chip Kelly are doing. It's absolutely insanity. And uh, yeah, I don't that, know if Joe's been following this. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you, Tony, if you can recap it and then let's pick up and let's, let's at least, uh, I'd like I mean, to hear what I, you guys I, think Chip Kelly is planning to do. Yeah. I'm going to have to pull up their Wikipedia page because I can't, I can't even remember everything. I mean, I know the first thing they did was they traded LaShawn McCoy. Okay. They, who LaShawn McCoy didn't have a great year last year. 
Um, yeah, they just want to get rid of him. They right. didn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't mesh for whatever reason. Right. And uh, but so the big the thing, thing was yeah okay. Then they signed Mark Sanchez back to a deal, so they want Mark Sanchez back. Then they just went crazy. They went absolutely crazy, and they traded Nick Foles to St. Louis straight up for Sam Bradford, which. But it wasn't straight up. At first, you were thinking like, oh, maybe they're going to get the tenth. You know, they're going to swap first round picks or something, and uh, the Eagles are going to move up. That's what the talk was on the day that this was happening. But no, um, the Eagles got the worst end of the deal, meaning, or they they had to give up. Um, a draft pick as well. Right, yeah, they yeah, they gave up the draft pick, yeah. So oh, Brad, like I think Bradford's a better quarterback than Foles. Or they gave up a second round draft pick next year. He doesn't year. get Isn't that hurt. True? He's he's gonna outperform anything Foles ever did. Foles does, you think? So, uh, I yeah, I Bradford is a is a I think he has the potential of being a, a really good quarterback. He just yeah. he, he he's just always hurt. He just stay healthy, that's the thing. So uh, so now the talk is well, go ahead. What do you so? I mean, do you think that's what Chip Kelly's doing? Do you think he's satisfied with Bradford and he's going to go forward from there, or do you think there's more to the okay, story? Well, then hold on. Let's let's keep going here because that's not all they did. They also signed Byron Maxwell from Seattle to a six-year, sixty-three million dollar deal, an insane deal for a cornerback who had one good year. He's one good year on Seattle, and he wasn't. He's not their best corner. He wasn't even close to their best corner. Um, and all of a sudden, he's making ten million dollars a year. Cool. Then they signed. Uh, then they signed Demarco Murray to a five-year, forty-two million dollar deal. Now Demarco Murray hit that thing last year. Remember we talked about you, you run a running back for too many carries, and then he just like that's the end of his career. Demarco Murray yeah. hit that number last year, and they don't care. They signed him to a five-year, forty-two million dollar deal. And if that wasn't enough, they on the same day they signed Ryan Matthews from San Diego. So then they now have at running back Demarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and uh, Darren Sproles. And they were supposed to get Frank Gore, but Frank Gore said no because he does. He's not sure he That's wants right. to play for Chip Kelly, so he went to Indy. Yeah, it's all very interesting. It's crazy, but yeah, okay. So Mike, then there's the rumors that they're that this is all leading up to uh, the Eagles trading with Tennessee for the second pick, and Tennessee getting Sam Bradford. Right, and then the Eagles get Mariota. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's that's what everyone thinks Chip Kelly wants to do, but so then the question is, well, why why would Tennessee do that? Why wouldn't they just trade with the Rams to get uh, to get Sam Bradford? Right. And uh, and I guess the at least the article I read said that the Rams weren't real interested in getting the number two pick, and they know that it would cost them a lot to get the number two pick because they gave up the number two pick to the Redskins right. and. And received a lot for it. Right. So maybe this is a roundabout way to get Sam Bradford if they're interested in him. And Chip Kelly did make a point of saying in we- a weird thing he said in his press conference that they've already – he said we've already been offered a first-round pick for Sam Bradford today. Which is a oh, weird did thing he? to say about your future quarterback. Well, the other thing he said that I took note of was he said – he said Mariota is the best quarterback in the draft. However, we're not going to mortgage the future to get him. Right. So he, I mean, when he states he's the best quarterback in the draft, he's putting it out there that, hey, you know, um, I'm not pretending like I don't want him. You know, I'd love to get him. So if you're going to trade with him, you know that you can get, you know, whatever. I mean, he, he basically put his cards on the table that he, 
I guess it's obvious, though, that he wants him. Yeah. And it would be interesting to see what they would give up to get Mariota. It's That's a very strange situation. Hey, who was it? Her- Herman Edwards is saying, give up anything and everything. If he's your guy, meaning he was saying he was saying this, if that's your offense and he's the guy that can run your offense the best, then he's worth he's worth Tom Brady or he's worth Peyton Manning. Right, you know, you because he give up anything, yeah, yeah, because that's that's what's going to make your offense the best. The problem is all these teams that mortgage their future for things they don't. How when was the last time that really worked out? When's the last time a team went crazy, moved up in the draft, got a quarterback, and then it worked out for them? Like RG three didn't work, Mark yeah. Sanchez didn't work. I mean, even even the Ricky Williams, Mike Ditka, yeah. Didn't yeah, work. it didn't really work. I mean, he, he traded all of his draft picks. Yeah, yeah. That was just crazy. Yeah, and it's in these, you know, they they don't work out that way. Like, you know, you when you trade multiple first round picks, it's and you know, look at what Buffalo did when they went and got Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is really good. Their coach quit because he didn't want to do that deal. Yeah, and there's so many good wide receivers that come out of college now. I don't know if you. Yeah. Well, I guess if you can get a Megatron or Des White. Yeah. Or Des Bryant. Des Bryant, yeah. Yeah. Joe, thoughts on that? Chip Kelly? Oh, on, well, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's reminiscent of, um, of Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys in 89 and 90. And, um, and the thing I can't figure out is which side of that equation is, is Chip Kelly on? Is he on the, is he on Jimmy Johnson's side, right? On the Cowboy side? Or is he on the Viking side? I can't tell yet. Yeah, but Jimmy Johnson was collecting draft picks. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson traded away Herschel Walker and got, you know, seven players yeah. and whatever from, from Minnesota. And right. So again, and, and, and Herschel Walker never did anything on, on Minnesota. So it, it, it exactly fits the, the example you guys are given. So yeah, he might, he might be mortgaging his future. He hasn't traded Sam Bradford away yet. I mean, I, I took him straight up. He was going to play Sam Bradford. I didn't, I didn't put the whole Mariota thing. And I didn't know that part of it. Um, it makes sense, you know, now that you guys are saying it. Yeah. Um, I think Sam Bradford's a, a good quarterback. Wherever he goes, he, you know, if he, if he can I, play some games, he can, he yeah, can help but his team. If I'm Tennessee, though, do I give up the second pick for Sam Bradford? I got to get a lot more than that, don't I? I mean, the guy's injury prone. Yeah, no, you do and, have and to get is, more than just Sam Bradford, yes. I mean, it's going to be like next year's number one and – players or something else a couple of maybe the the number one after that and yeah. your number one this you're year you're gonna be giving away multiple first round picks and sam bradford yeah it's yeah you have to to get the number two pick it, it's it's very costly like the, the market's been set crazy for that and it's you know who did it? it's the rams they did it they they're the ones who set that the crazy uh yeah with the rg3 trade yeah you know, it's funny. You know, if, we want, uh, if, we want to, if we want to go back to, to funny trades, I do want to I do want to talk about the Trent Richardson thing in, uh, you know, going from Cleveland to Indy because that might be the worst trade of all time. Well, I mean, Cleveland was the beneficiaries of that trade. I mean, that's unlike Cleveland, right? Yeah, but you know what they you know who they picked with that pick, right? No, oh, they Johnny picked Manziel. Johnny, they picked Johnny Football, who they don't even want anymore. They've already signed uh, Josh McCown. So it ends up being like the worst, I, like pick, ever. Like they're the worst for trade. both sides. For both sides, like Trent Richardson is awful. They cut well, him, and then Johnny Football is like out of football yeah. one year later. I, he he's not going to be out of football. They're not going to give up on him just because they got McCown. McCown's going to be like the insurance. No, 
Oh, he was so I mean, bad. Johnny Football. Don't you think yeah, they're going to play? No, nah, Tony, they're going to play him. He's going to play the preseason. Play. And, and until and the Browns fans pull him out of the stadium, they're going to play him. They're going to play him. I'm, I'm saying they're going to. Oh, they're going to play him. He's not good. We and know he, he's, he's going to sink. Oh yeah, he's going to he's going to sink up the joint. Um, and and then and then they'll boom out of there, and then that'll be the end of them, and they'll go to McCown. But they need, like Mike said, they need an insurance policy for uh, the you know whatever week it is, week four, week eight, week two. Whenever they boom them out of town, then they'll <laughs> they got to go to somebody. Yeah. And then oh, the other thing I want to I mention, still think the three best number ones in a row. If I, if I have this way, what's that? Just real quick, Dallas Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson. We were talking about them. Three number one picks in a row. I believe it was um, Irvin, Aikman, and then Emmett. 88, 89, 90. Three number ones in a row. That's wow. the way to build a team. That'll do it. I mean, you don't, if you don't miss in the first – if you don't miss – you know, the Steelers did that for a long time. They just didn't miss in the first couple rounds, and that's how they kept their team going. Oh, isn't that how Chuck Noll built the team? Joe Green was his first number one pick. Terry Bradshaw was his second number one pick. And I think uh, Franco Harris might have been the third. Yeah. I'm not sure. When you, 69, 70, and 72, I believe. So okay, I don't so know who was, 71 was. Mel, was. Blunt, Mel Blunt might have been 71. I can't remember who 71 was then. You're right. Paris came in 72. I think Blunt may have came in 70 with Bradshaw. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know who 71 was. Have to look at, oh, we could probably look that up. Well, we'll have a lot of time. All right, Tony. We'll, 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 on the next podcast, we're going to do a whole draft thing where we'll talk about you know, kind of the what, what the Steelers need to look for. Round by round. Uh, we'll have compensatory picks by then. I, I don't know if the Steelers qualify for a compensatory pick for Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but if they do, we're, we should get like a third or fourth round pick. I'm not sure if we qualify though. Um, so we'll talk about the draft on the next podcast. That'll come your way probably the, this time in April. That'll be, uh, be a week or two before the draft actually happens. Until then, uh, oh, oh hey, uh, before you wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I, I was just wondering while we were talking about the other teams, the, 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 has, the Browns are supposed to get a logo this year, right? Correct. Have you not seen it? Is, is there a one out there already? Yeah. It's the dumbest thing that's ever happened in sports. Oh, Is it a dog? Yeah. Of course it's a dog. Are they going to call themselves the Cleveland Dogs? And it's not a logo. You know that they, don't, they didn't actually do a logo. They lied. They basically lied. What is it? They changed the color to a brighter orange. That's it? Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. Nothing on the helmet? Nothing on the helmet. The helmet's exactly the same. It's just brighter. They're going to have new uniforms, and they're going to unveil those at some point. I don't know when they're unveiling the uniforms. I guess they're going to do those right before the draft. Oh, so this is good, then. I can still appeal to the Browns to make a deal mm-hmm. with uh, – with, uh, Comedy Central. Matt Stone and, yeah. and Trey Parker, yeah. right, the guys who write uh, South Park, and, and license Mr. Hankey to put on their helmets. Mm-hmm. I, they can do that. It's a great cross market. I'm telling you, this is it's made to. It's a licensing deal. It's so made yeah. to happen. Brown. It's amazing it hasn't happened already. And you should be the uh, agent on this, Joe. You can make a cut of both sides. <laughs> Put them together. Uh, yeah, no, it's like the dumbest. It's the dumbest logo change in football. It's literally a more neon looking orange, and that's the entire. Oh, and they changed their font. So the Cleveland Browns in in the logos is, is so I can I, I don't know I can I can still call them the turds since they don't actually have the logo because there's it's still brown they're still brown in there but the there orange is brighter all right uh, oh one other thing we should probably mention is uh, Mike Wallace you know the, it, it goes we have to mention once again what an unbelievably great decision 
the general management made when they decided to keep Antonio Brown over Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace, remember, took a humongous deal from Miami. And Miami, after two years, is already sick of his shit and sent him to Minnesota. Uh, so Mike Wallace already fallen out of favor with that team. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. Any thoughts on Mike Wallace, guys, before we go? I mean, he had some decent games last year, and obviously the Vikings won him, so yeah, it's good for a, him. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountry.net. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. The Twitter is Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. Uh, you can listen to this podcast live. Although during the offseason, it's going to be kind of intermittent. We're going to do it around this time. But if you follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook, you'll get notified when we when we do this uh, live. You can listen to it live. Follow us on Facebook. or I'm sorry. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, and you'll find out there. We'll see you in about a month for our pre-draft podcast.